Pop Culture Affidavit Episode 46, the Pop Culture Affidavit TV Theme Song Countdown. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Pop Culture Affidavit, a podcast that covers everything random in the world of popular culture, which is brought to you by the Two True Freaks Network. I'm your host, Tom Panneries, and this time out I'm actually staying in the realm of television with an entire episode about television theme songs. There's a whole story behind this episode because it's actually been inspired by another podcaster and another podcast, but I'll get to that in a minute because first, I've got emails. Uh, This is from Gene Hendricks of the Hammer Strikes and the Quantum Cast, among other things, and he is writing about the episode that I did with Professor Allen about adaptations, and uh, he writes in, Tom and Allen, I just finished the latest episode of Pop Culture Affidavit, and I really enjoyed it. It was really thought-provoking, which is something I like both about PCA and Relatively Geeky. The one thing I wanted to write you on, though, was the Le Morte d'Arthur. The closest thing that we have to an adaptation is the movie Excalibur from 1981. While it's not entirely faithful to the source material, it gets the feel right. Of course, this was the movie that kickstarted my love of all things Arthurian, so I'm a tad bit biased. I, for one, would love to see a series based on the Arthurian legends, but I would really love to, like to see them use Greg Stafford's The Great Pendragon campaign, which takes all of the various sources, including Excalibur, and makes it all work. But it would be a, also be a long series, as the total story would take place over 81 years. But if they break up the seasons as Stafford breaks up a period of years, you'd end up with eight seasons worth of shows, and I think it could work if treated correctly. Gene. Now, before I reply, uh, Professor Allen actually replied himself, and he said this. Glad you uh, glad you enjoyed the conversation, Gene. This was totally Tom's idea, and I'm glad that our sensibilities and backgrounds gelled to make for an interesting listen. I certainly enjoyed the conversation myself. I am, in general, a fan of Arthurian legend, although I am not as steeped in it as I was like to be. But that's part of my general anglophilia, along with appreciation for Holmes, Winnie the Pooh, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, Doctor Who, Premier League football, and even Thomas Hardy. But you know that Panneries hates everything English, probably even fish and chips. Yes, my absolute hatred of all things English rears its head again. You know, even though I'm of English descent, my son's got a very English first name, and this particular episode was inspired by everyone's favorite English podcaster. Plus, I took a lot of shit in high school for listening to Queen nonstop, but, you know. Anyway, really, though, 
I'd love to see more adaptations of Arthurian legend. I haven't seen Excalibur in years. Uh, it's been it's got to be have been a good twenty years since I sat down and watched Excalibur, but I do remember really liking it um, when I first saw it. Really, though, I'm surprised that with the success of Game of Thrones, that a broadcast network or another cable network hasn't just snatched up King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and run with it. Yeah, there was that Gallivant miniseries that was kind of a a musical comedy thing um, back in January, I believe. But for the most part, we really haven't seen anything that's been true Arthurian uh, on television lately. Or at least, unless I'm missing something. I know there was a an adaptation of, of The Mist of Avalon uh, about 15 years or so ago. Um, and I know that was a very successful spin on the Arthurian legend, at least the, the books were. I'm pretty sure that the, um, the the movies series, the miniseries did very well as well. So it's not like it hasn't been done before on television um, and hasn't met with some success. Um, by the way, another omission that I pointed out to Professor Allen after our episodes went live was that uh, in the area of adaptations that didn't work, neither of us mentioned the unmitigated disaster known as the bonfire of the vanities. But both of us were like, the less said about that, the better. (laughs) Thank you, Gene, though, from the email. I'm glad I enjoyed the show. I have to honestly say that episode was one of my all-time favorites. I was very, very proud of it. Um, And uh, it was such a fun conversation, and it was a topic. Well, I think both of us, we could have gone on for, for more time on that, uh, to be honest with you, and we talked for quite a while. Speaking of Professor Allen, um, I will be appearing on episode on a future episode of the Quarterman podcast, so watch out for that, and go check out his podcast relatively uh, on the Relatively Geek Network, Quarterman Podcast, Shortbox Showcase, and uh, Emily's podcast, Uncovering the Bronze Age. I listen to all three, and all three are outstanding. And that's it for email at the moment. Uh, When I get back, I'm going to count down 12 of my favorite television theme songs of all time. Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology. Video games. Toys. Star Wars. Just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by Two True Freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. 
to boldly go where no one has gone before. made this list because uh, as, as, as I was compiling it I, I realized um, you know I had like a, a short list and the list to get shorter and shorter and shorter and um, as I was compiling the list and cutting trimming things I realized that the version of the particular of that particular piece of music that I love actually was not the next generation theme but it was the one that they actually used at the beginning of Star Trek the motion picture which is kind of the original version of it from 79 it sounds weird because they they're kind of the same theme I mean the motion picture does not have a voiceover does not have Space the Final Frontier and all that but take a listen to the version of the theme from the beginning of Star Trek the motion picture I think I love that. I fell in love with this song, this, the first time I heard this. And I think it's because I love that, because it's a fuller version of the theme. It uses a fuller orchestra, I think, because of the budget from the movie and the budget for the TV series being what they were. And it's just, there's that magnificent intro before you get to the, the, the main part that everybody knows. That honestly makes me want to watch that movie again, uh, which I haven't watched in quite a long time. But I'm getting ahead of myself here because I haven't even given you any background as to how this episode came about, which is kind of important. You see, it starts with an episode of another podcast. 
that podcast is the Palace of Glittering Delights. Uh, and in episode 20 of the show, Andy Leyland, he also hosts Hey Kids Comics, did a countdown of 12 of his favorite television tunes. I had so much fun listening to it that while I was listening to it, I just mentally started thinking of what I would put on such a countdown and then was like, you know what, I've got to do this episode. So I informed him that, well, I'm going to rip him off. He seemed very fine with it. And I am and I'm not ripping him off because he and I, I'm pretty sure, don't have any overlap here in, in our lists. Um, and it's not because we don't like some of the same shows. Uh, when you run down the shows that he was talking about, I loved those when I was younger. I still love many of them. Some of them I didn't really watch very often. But but for the most part, it was an excellent list. But as I began to compile my list, I realized there was a marked difference in what Andy had played on his episode and what I'll be playing on mine. Despite what Professor Allen may think, that has nothing to do with geographical differences between the two of us. I think it's an age and a genre thing. At this point, I'm going to remind Andy, if he's listening to this, that he's older than I am. Quite a number of the shows he mentioned... Uh, from both the 70s and the 80s were shows that I only saw in reruns or may have caught a stray episode of as I was often too young to stay up and watch them. What I've got here is actually a lot of shows that were on from the mid to late 80s and, and, and through the 90s and one from the 2000s. And I noticed that there are a fair amount of sitcom themes on this list, which is a genre that didn't get a lot of highlights in Palace of Glittering Delights. Most of the shows he mentioned were action-adventure police or sci-fi shows, and they're great choices. Some of the best themes ever for television series have come out of those shows. But what I find very often that gets stuck in my head on a regular basis isn't, say, the theme to Chips. But the themes to like those 30-minute shows that I'd watch endlessly and on some level still do. So this will be a completely different list. And instead of kind of ripping off the Palace of Glittering Delights episode, I hope it's like kind of in a weird way like a companion piece, an extension of that. Like, here's some more. Um, and and so you should go listen. Go listen to episode twenty of Palace of Glittering Delights and listen to this and listen to them together, and you'll you get a really hopefully a really really good feel of just a lot of the 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 variety of, of various television themes out there because it's kind of a genre in itself when you think about it, right?
Now, before I uh, but before I play my first theme, I have a couple of honorable mentions, and I want to talk a little bit about how I picked up these themes or picked these themes because I actually wound up getting pretty specific with my criteria. First, when picking theme songs, I completely ruled out cartoons. Uh, cartoon theme songs could be a countdown all their own, and that's why I ruled them out. and And it might even be an episode I will do one day. Um, and honestly. I could also probably do an episode on my favorite variation on the theme to The Simpsons. So that was another one that I ruled out. Second, I decided to limit this to television shows that were first run during my lifetime. I was born in 1977, so that means that as much as I love the theme songs too, Batman, The Brady Bunch, Gilligan's Island, All in the Family, the original Star Trek, they were out of the running. Third... The show had to be one that I actually watched, or either when it was first on the air or when it was in reruns. So, unfortunately, that ruled out actually one of my favorites to play on the piano, which was the theme song to Hill Street Blues, which I'm going to put in here as an honorable mention. The song could not be an already established song, which means I won't be using Bad Reputation by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts because that was the theme to Freaks and Geeks. Thank You for Being a Friend, which was a single that charted years before being used as a theme to one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, The Golden Girls, and Princes of the Universe, which I guess technically was still the theme to Highlander, but it was... it. it it kind of gets disqualified because of the fact that it was on an album and, and it was it existed way before the television show. And finally, my last piece of criteria was it had to be a theme song that I liked as a theme song and not because I liked the show. For instance, I really like Community. I'm not exactly married to the theme song. Give me some love, time and Oh, one more thing, which are my other honorable mentions. Uh, there's are two theme songs that already have blog entries. 
The first is California Dreams, which I covered in the very early days of this blog, and which is still one of my all-time favorite, for some odd reason, theme songs. Surf dudes with attitudes Kind of groovy Laid back moves Sky above, sand below Good vibrations Second, I did an entire blog entry a while ago on the theme to Friends, so I'm not even including it here, even though it probably should be. My third honorable mention um, is is kind of what was number 14 on this list, and I realize I'm adding to what I thought was a list of 12, but there was an incredibly obscure show named Great Scott uh, that had an amazing theme song. It was only on for about half a season in 1992 or so. Uh, It starred Tobey Maguire. Yes, that Tobey Maguire. And uh, I'm going to do a blog entry on the show at one point, um, and it's theme song. So that's one of the reasons why it's not on the list. And I wanted to post it here because of how um, because of how well it practically just rips off Gene's addiction. It's been caught stealing, and I believe it was done by Mark Mothersbaugh. So here's the theme to Great Scott. <laughs> Finally, one that just missed the countdown, 
So it gets another, the last honorable mention on my list is the theme song to House of Cards. I'm not kidding when I say it just missed this list. It's not because it was too new, because I've been watching the show a lot lately, and I thought that might cloud my judgment, but because there were just 12 other theme songs that I just didn't want to cut. And I'll link to all the honorable mentions, I'll link to all the other blog posts, as well as these songs in the show notes as best as I can. Now, on with the countdown. Coming in at number 12 is the theme song to one of two shows that were originally broadcast on network television but were canceled after one season and then given a second much more successful life in syndication i'm sure that most people wouldn't pick this song as one of the all-time great theme songs but listening to it brings back memories of watching an entire hour's worth of this show sometimes 90 minutes if they had to fill time before a yankees game on channel 11 when i was a kid the show is quite possibly one of the most ridiculous sitcom premises ever, by the way. A college student played by Scott Bayo is the caretaker-slash-babysitter of three teenage kids, and the series is all about how he is helping to raise them while dealing with going to college and having a nitwit friend named Buddy Lembeck, played by Willie Ames. Who's the boss here? Not Tony Danza, no. It's Charles. And Charles is in charge. He's there just to take good care of me Like he's one of the family Charles in charge of our days and our nights Charles in charge of our wrongs and our rights And I see The next song here is one of two consecutive appearances of sorts that Alan Thicke will be making on this countdown. 
The first one is from Growing Pains, the ABC sitcom that basically was a ripoff of Family Ties and starred thick as Jason Seaver, a work-from-home psychologist who is married to Joanna Kearns' Maggie, and they have three kids, Mike, played by Kirk Cameron, who is always getting into trouble, Carol, played by Tracy Gold, who was the brainy one, and Ben, played by Jeremy Miller, who was the cute one. The less said about those later seasons with Chrissy and Leonardo DiCaprio, the better. This was easily one of my favorite sitcoms in the 1980s. If I wasn't watching it first run, I was taping it and then Channel 11, as they tended to do, we ran the crap out of it. Sadly, it wound up being replaced in the rerun blocks by crap like Perfect Strangers, a show whose theme song almost made this list, by the way, and Family Matters and Full House. Why? Why? Why is Full House rerun? to the extent that it is rerun. It is this horrible thing, this blight on our popular culture. But here's the theme to Growing Pains. Show me that smile Ooh, show me that smile Don't waste another minute on your crying said that I have two theme songs that have some connection to Alan Thicke, and while he did not star in the show for this one, he wrote the theme song. It's one of two famous TV theme songs from the late 70s and early 80s that Thicke composed. The other was Different Strokes. This is from the sitcom that spun off from that show. Need a hint? Blair, Joe, Natalie, and Tootie. That's right, people. Prepare to have this theme song stuck in your head for the next week. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life.
Coming in at number nine is a show that I've actually covered before on this podcast because Amanda and I sat down and watched an episode back in November. It's the first show that I'm referencing that I watched completely in its first run, starting when I was a teenager. Charles in Charge, Growing Pains and the Facts of Life were all shows I watched when I was still kind of a kid, and when I watched them in reruns, they were always on after cartoons, which is the same way I watched stuff like Happy Days or Saved by the Bell. Mad About You, however, came on when I was in high school. I'd never been watching Seinfeld and some other shows, mostly on NBC, so I more or less got on the ground floor with this show, and even though I didn't get all of the jokes in the show when I was 15 or 16 years old, I understood quite a bit of what was going on. It was during a time when I was starting to watch programs that were more sophisticated in their humor and mature in their content. As for the song, I've always loved this, especially the extended version that they'd only play sometimes. Composed by Paul Reiser and Don Wass, performed by Andrew Gold, and set against several black and white shots of Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt being a couple in New York City, there's a coolness about this theme that really fits the tone of the show, at least in his first few seasons. Mad About You just skirted the line between cute and cutesy very, very well, and I think that's why it resonated with its audience. And being that this is the early 90s and not the 80s, it's also one of a handful of themes to keep the television theme from descending into kind of a cheesy hell um, and really non-existence because it's kind of there and it kind of isn't these days. Here's the theme to Mad About You. Stop my heart as much as you Tell me all your secrets And I'll tell you most of mine They say nobody's perfect But that's really true this time I don't have the answers I don't have a plan I'm mad about you, baby So help me understand What we do You can whisper in my ear Where we go Who knows what happens after here Let's take each other's hand as we jump into the final frontier. I'm mad about you, baby. Yeah, I'm mad about you. And now I'm going to play the theme to Night Court, <laughs> which is a show I love and a, and a song I love for so many reasons. Composed by Jack Elliott, it's a jazz-influenced theme that has quite possibly one of the best opening bass lines of ever any song ever written. Plus, like Mad About You, Night Court was a show that was certainly more mature than a lot of the other shows I was watching at the time it was being rerun on Channel 5 and was still in its last few seasons on NBC. Plus, if Mad About You gave us like a brightness to New York City, Night Court was one of the last remaining illustrations of that sort of sleazy side of New York City, which was what the city was known for through the late 70s and the 1980s. And really, there's something just a little bit sleazy about this theme song, and it works so well.
Out of all the theme songs on this list, I'd say that not only is this next one the most famous, but it's probably the most loved. It's the theme song to one of the most successful sitcoms of the 1980s and early 1990s, Cheers. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Now, I played this right away with very little explanation because I wanted to take some time to talk about the song, which has a longer version that's absolutely great, and I'll play that in a moment. It was written by Gary Portnoy and Judy Hart Angelo and performed by Portnoy, and much like the theme to Friends, the longer version was recorded after the theme song made its way onto the air. So here is the full extended version of Where Everybody Knows Your Name.
Coming in at number six is the only non-American television show and one I one that I watched on of all stations PBS. It is a bit of a cheat because there are actually two songs in here, but I'll explain why there why there are two songs in one entry. Degrassi Junior High began its run in Canada in the late 1980s and was aired on PBS via WGBH Boston. I watched it on WNET 13 out of New York City. If you're not familiar with the show, I've covered several episodes via blog entries and intend to do more. In fact, I just did one. The first three seasons of the television show took place at the titular Degrassi Junior High. But after a fire destroyed said building and most of that cast had gotten too old to actually be in junior high anymore, the series shifted to high school for two seasons and was renamed Degrassi High. The show, well, I think it's much better than it's often given credit for. Yes, it can be cheesy and preachy because it's locked into a mandate for teaching some sort of lesson with every episode. But at the same time, I've always felt that this, as well as another show whose theme song will be on this countdown, is a pretty realistic show about teenagers. And it holds up surprisingly well, despite looking very, very 80s. Anyway, both themes are sung by the same artist who I think was named Wendy Watson, but I'm not sure. And if anybody knows if that's right or wrong, please just let me know. It's a... Well, I've always loved how simple and not too stylish the song is. Like, it's meant for kids, but for a generation of kids that wasn't so self-aware and pseudo-sophisticated as some of today's kids can be portrayed. Here's the themes to Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. Wake up in the morning feeling shine and leachy. I got a soap Speaking of stylish, slick television shows about teenagers, it's time for Beverly Hills 
There's not much to say about this show because one of the cheesiest teen soap shows of all time. But to give credit where credit is due, it lasted the entire decade of the 1990s. And it did spawn one of the most iconic theme songs of the decade. Which, by the way, is is why it's this high up on the countdown at number 5. Composed and performed by John E. Davis, it's a guitar and sax combo that fit well with a lot of the pop music of the time. In fact, it's very Joe Satriani, which may have been what they were going for. But really, if you're doing an instrumental theme song, you want your audience to associate certain images with the piece of music you're putting together. And while there are no highlights or car chases or anything like that to anchor 90210's theme music... I'm sure we can all close our eyes and see the West Beverly Hills High School crew hanging out for our pleasure during the opening credits sequence. Moving on to number four, I'll class things up a little bit with the first of two compositions by W.G. Snuffy Walden. And I have to say these two pieces are completely different from one another. Usually when you have a composer who does scores or themes, there are certain elements they try to use that tell you, oh, this is one of their pieces. Mike Post, for instance, has a few theme songs that are very, well, they're very Mike Post. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that certain composers have a certain style. Snuffy Walden has his as well. In fact, his big breakout theme was probably 30-something, and Andy had that on his list over at Palace of Glittering Delights. This is for a show from the 2000s that's nowhere near the suburban drama theme songs that Walden had become known for. This show took place in the White House and chronicled the staff serving President Bartlett, who was played by Martin Sheen. For a theme song for the show about the White House, you need a certain amount of gravitas. And this piece, every time I would hear it during the opening credits of that show, would give exactly that. Here's the West Wing. The other Snuffy Walden piece is one you've heard already. If you're a regular listener to this podcast and you listen to my two episodes about my so-called life. And I won't get into the show because, well, I did two episodes about my so-called life back in August and September of last year. I highly recommend checking those out if you haven't. Um, They were so, so much fun to do. But really... It's so high on my list because it goes so well with that show, as does all the music he composed for it, which I really, really wish was more widely available. But Because hearing this song takes me back to a particular place and a particular time, and even though it's been now more than 20 years since the show was canceled, the feeling I get from hearing this theme has not diminished. We had a time. Thank you. 
Now, you're probably going to think I'm a little nuts for this next one because Baywatch is quite possibly one of the dumbest shows ever to grace the television screen. I mean, I give The Hoff some serious credit for this because when the show was canceled by NBC in 1989, he and the producers took it to syndication at least for at least a few years. It was the number one show in the world. Yeah, in case you had forgotten that, Baywatch, a show about lifeguards in California, was the number one show in the world for a time in the early 1990s. And the show will... There were times where it didn't take itself very seriously, and there were times when it took itself way, way too seriously. But let's be honest here. In short, the 90s kind of needed Baywatch because there was a lot of that decade that did take itself way too seriously as well. And even though the show seemed like a holdover from the 80s at times, it was one of those ultimate guilty pleasure shows, one that you truly would never admit to liking and sitting through, yet, well... You'd sit there and like and sit through it when it was on. In my case, it was on Saturday like evenings at 6 or 7 o'clock on WWRR Channel 9. I mean, and I would watch it for at least a couple of seasons. I watched it like every week. And honestly, it could not have had a better theme song, especially since that theme song, I'm Always Here, is sung by Jimmy Jameson, who was through the latter part of the 1980s, was the lead singer of Survivor. No, he didn't sing Eye of the Tiger. He came to the band after that singer, Dave Bickler, left. Jameson provided lead vocals on Survivor hits as Burning Heart, which was featured in Rocky IV, and The Search is Over. I'm Always Here is cheesy in its pop rockness. It fits the show perfectly, and I had to put it at number two.
now I'm up to the number one theme song on my list, which, while it doesn't match up with anything Andy talked about in his episode, actually is from a cop show. On April 21st, 1987, the then-fledgling Fox Network aired the very first episode of what would become one of its earliest breakout hits, a show about police officers going undercover in high schools. Sporting a youthful look, a slick soundtrack, and Johnny Depp, 21 Jump Street was a Fox mainstay until the very early 1990s, going on to spend one more year in syndication before ultimately being canceled. It's a show that I have loved since I saw my first episode, still love to this day, and which will probably get its own episode at some point on this podcast. The theme song was sung by one of the stars of the show, Holly Robinson, who played Detective Judy Hoffs, and can be best described as a fast-moving 1980s pop rock song. Jump Street was a show that had some of the typical cop show elements, but, and maybe this is because it was produced by Stephen J. Cannell, was so much younger in its focus that the classic cop show type theme was just not going to work for obvious reasons. So what we got was this song, which is, yes, of its time, but it's also catchy, and I think it really, really endures. The show itself, by the way, holds up incredibly well. Granted, I only have seasons one through three on DVD. I'll eventually get seasons four and five if I can find them on the cheap. But I will say what I've rewatched is very, very enjoyable. One more note before I play the song. There are actually a few versions of the opening. The first season had a slightly longer version of the theme song, and the producers cut out a couple of Robinson's shouted lyrics before the chorus starting in season two. The song itself would remain the same for the rest of the run, but the sound effects behind the song would be different in seasons three, four, and five. I'm using what I guess is the most familiar version of the theme song, uh, where is which is from the second season, and that's when the words Jump Street are being spray-painted onto a brick wall during the, op- the very beginning of the opening credits. Here's the theme to 21 Jump Street. That's it for TV themes. There were, I have to say, a ton that didn't make this list, probably enough for another list altogether. I'll post clips of the TV theme songs in the show notes, as well as some of the blog entries and other stuff I mentioned earlier in the podcast. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another DC Comics podcast, and then I'll have another episode toward the beginning of April. Not sure exactly what it will be, but that all depends on plans that are still being made. Until then, go to the blog and check out essays and entries. And while I usually play the same music at the end of an episode that I did at the beginning, I'm going to do something a little different. Not that I don't absolutely love Sleeping with the Television On by Billy Joel, which is off the Glass Houses album, if you're curious. It's just that in the course of producing this episode, there was one other theme song that didn't make the list but kept getting stuck in my head. And that's what I'm going to play. So thanks for listening. Take care. And do it, Rockapella. What?
another episode of pop culture affidavit all music clips and other material used in this podcast are the property of their respective copyright holders and since this podcast is intended for entertainment purposes and i make no money off of it no infringement is intended images clips show notes and essays on other topics random in the world of popular culture can be found at pop culture affidavit which is located at popcultureaffidavit.com Feedback can be sent by email to popcultureaffidavit at gmail.com. Pop Culture Affidavit also has a Facebook page, and you can like the podcast at facebook.com slash popcultureaffidavit. This podcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Network of Podcasts, which is the division of the Demonsacor of Milan, Italy. You can download this podcast and many other great podcasts at twotruefreaks.com. Want to support this and the other Two True Freaks podcasts? Go to twotruefreaks.com and click the Amazon.com link. It costs you no extra money, but really helps us all out. Thank you for listening and come back next time for some more pop culture randomness. Shit. <laughs>